Well, I'd like to welcome everyone this morning to Orchard Church. I also want to welcome those who will be watching us online. And I want to say a very happy Resurrection Sunday. Great to have you guys here today. This, of course, is the weekend that we celebrate the fact that the stone has been rolled away, the tomb is empty, and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ has risen from the dead. Who's ready to have some church today? Let me hear from you guys. Awesome. Hey, take out your Bibles this morning, your mobile devices, whichever you choose to use. We're going to begin in the Gospel of Luke and your New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke. Uh, Luke chapter 23, verse 44 is where we'll begin in just a moment. If you don't have a Bible with you this morning, that's okay. We'll also put all the verses that we'll be looking at on the screen as well. It it is my prayer and heart's desire uh, this Easter weekend, this this resurrection morning, that you're going to find some incredible hope and encouragement in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We believe here at Orchard Church that we have a God that makes anything possible. Are you with me, church? We believe with our God anything is possible. And that is important, I believe, for some of you to hear this morning because even though we're here to celebrate the fact that Jesus is alive and this is a celebratory time, some of you, based on some circumstances in your life, may feel like you're actually living back at Good Friday. And maybe you feel like it's still kind of the crucifixion in your life. And maybe there's something going on in your life and situation where you feel a little defeated. You feel a little depressed, you feel a little bit disappointed because of a situation. No doubt that is probably what the followers of Jesus were feeling when they were watching their Lord and their Savior and their Master on the cross being crucified. And that's where I want us to start uh, this Easter morning in Luke chapter 23, verse 44. And it says this, by this time it was about noon and darkness fell across the whole land until three o'clock. Jesus has been on the cross for about six hours now. The light from the sun was gone and suddenly the the curtain of the sanctuary of the temple was torn down the middle. Verse 46 says, Then Jesus shouted, Father, I entrust my spirit into your hands. And with those words, he breathed his last. I do want to just point out quickly this Easter morning that when Jesus was on the cross, he shouted his last words. He did not whisper his last words. He didn't kind of eke them out. Jesus was fully in control of the situation. No one took Jesus' life from him. He willingly gave it up for us. And he shouted these words, and then he breathed his last. And then verse 47 says, When the Roman officer overseeing the execution saw what had happened, he worshiped God and said, Surely this man was innocent. And when all the crowd that came to see the crucifixion saw what had happened, they went home in deep sorrow because what they had seen happen to their Lord. And and maybe some of you can relate to that thought this morning of deep sorrow. Maybe you're going through something in your life that is causing pain, is causing stress, deep sorrow, maybe because of a job situation or a marriage situation or something going on with your kids or your finances or, or, or your health. And maybe you feel a little bit, if you're honest, like, like giving up and kind of throwing in the towel. But by a show of hands, how many of you have noticed, like I have, that oftentimes in life, the greatest blessings in life are on the other side of not giving up? Are you with me, church? How many of you know what I'm talking about? That the blessings are, the greatest blessings are on the other side of not giving up. This is especially meaningful to me this Easter weekend. Uh, some of you that regularly attend Orchard uh, know that I've mentioned before that this Christmas, this past Christmas, uh, my wife and I, Shelly, celebrated 25 years uh, of marriage. And um, we just praise God for what God is doing in our life. We, we are enjoying life like never before. We feel like we're in the prime of our life and the prime of our, our marriage. We're loving what God is doing here in our church family at Orchard. We're 
love what God's doing in the lives of our now young adult kids. Our daughter is 20. Our son is 22. He's at college in, in Nebraska. So we kind of call ourselves transitional empty nesters. We're not fully empty nesters, but the kids are kind of coming and going. And, and so Shelly and I can kind of make our own schedule. We can have date nights whenever we want. Most of the time we have the house to ourselves. if you know what I mean. Some of you do know what I mean. But I got to tell you, it almost never happened. Shelly and I almost never even got married. I almost didn't even ask her out on the first date. I, I almost gave up before I ever even got to the, the blessing. If I could take you back about 25 years ago before we got married, Shelly and I, we met in Bible college, and I was attending Bible college, and, and she came to the Bible college because her family had moved there, and her dad became the president, Dr. Mike Randall, became the president of the Bible college that I was attending. So he brought with him his family and his youngest daughter, she Shelly, my wife, is the youngest of three, the baby of the family, and, and she came as well. And so when they came there, one of my friends knew that, you know, I was praying for a wife, and he said, man, I got the perfect girl for you. Her name is Shelly. She just moved here. She grew up in a pastor's home. She's the perfect girl for you. And he pointed her out to me, and I'm like, wow, you know, she is really cute. I mean, she is hot. I'm just going to be honest. That's what I thought. But then I, I said, but how old is she? And he goes, well, she's 18, you know, she, she's legal. She's 18 and she's freshman here. Well, I wasn't 18. I did four years at University of Oklahoma studying music, and then I was a couple of years into Bible college. And so when I met Shelly, she was 18, and I was 24 years old. And my immediate thought was, I'm too old for her. I mean, this isn't going to work, and I don't know if she'd be interested, you know, in a guy my age. And so I almost just quit and gave up right then. What I didn't realize until later was that Shelly was a very mature 18, and I was a very immature 24. I think some of you can get that, understand that. And also, by the way, Shelly has instructed me to remind you all that I am much older than her. I just had a milestone birthday last month in February. I turned the big 5050. And so now Shelly says, now when you tell people you're 50, you tell them that you are six years older than me. Make sure that they, they know that, okay? And I know what some of y'all are thinking, 50, really? Man, you're, you look good for 50. Thanks, I appreciate that. I, I, I try hard to keep up with my younger wife, right? And so I, I almost gave up because of the age difference, but then I thought, you know, I, I'm, I'm gonna test the waters, and I'm just gonna see if she's interested at all. And so I saw her car one day on the campus there at the Bible College, and so I, I took out a piece of paper and I wrote her a note. Okay, young people, that's what we did back in the day before cell phones and texting. Okay, that tells you how long ago this was. I, I penned a little note of encouragement, and I folded it up, and I put it on her car, and I waited. Well, that evening, I got a phone call from her, and she said, uh, hey, this is Shelly, and I said, hey. And, I, and she said, did you put a note on my car today at the school? And I said, maybe, <laughs> trying to be all cool, you know, smiling. She goes, well, that was really kind of you, really sweet of you. There's only one problem, and I said, what's that? She said, um, I didn't drive my car to school today. My father, the president of the college, drove my car today because his car was in the shop. He intercepted the note and then presented it to me at the dinner table tonight. I said, well, crap. 
I'm like, I am dead. I mean, I'm messing with this baby girl here. I am in trouble. He's the president of the college. He's going to kick me out. And again, I almost just quit. I almost just gave up. I felt like a total failure. I felt like, man, game over. Don't pass go. Don't collect $200. Do not collect Shelly as your wife. You, you are done. But praise God, I didn't give up. And Shelly certainly didn't give up because she kept calling me and saying, please take me out. Please take me out. <laughs> Y'all believe that, right? And we went on our first date, and nine months later, believe it or not, we were married, and now we have celebrated 25 years of marriage. Yeah, we can give God praise for that. Amen. But I almost missed out on the blessing of our marriage, of our life together, because I almost gave up before getting to the blessing, and I would have missed out, you know, on what God is doing in this church and, and the thousands of lives that, that have been changed that we've been able to be a part of and what's going on in our kids' lives. And, and I hope this will speak to someone this Easter Sunday, this resurrection morning. I hope this will speak to some of you because maybe you're here and you feel like quitting you feel like giving up. There's something in your life that you're like, I don't know if I'm going to make it, and I feel like throwing in the towel. And I want you to remember that the greatest blessings in life are oftentimes on the other side of us not giving up. This was certainly true of the followers of Jesus as they watched him be crucified, and they were probably uh, disappointed. Uh, they were depressed. They were devastated that this had happened to their Lord and their, their master. But then some of them probably remember, you know, Jesus said that in three days he was going to rise from the dead but I'm sure some of them doubted whether that would really happen or not. And on the first day, they waited and they wondered. And on the second day, they waited and they wondered. And on the third night, they waited and they wondered. And then on the third morning, something happened. And back in Luke's gospel, in Luke chapter 24, verse uh, 1, it says, But very early on Sunday morning, the women went to the tomb, taking the spices they had prepared. They found that the stone had been rolled away from the entrance. So they went in, but they didn't find the body of the Lord Jesus. And as they stood there puzzled, Two men suddenly appeared to them, clothed in dazzling robes. The women were terrified and bowed their faces to the ground. Then the men asked, why are you looking among the dead for someone who is alive? Help me out, church. Let's say it together. He isn't here. He is risen from the dead. Can we give him some praise this morning that we serve a risen Savior who is alive, who is alive, and because of the death and the burial and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, I believe that there are three important truths that God wants all of us to, to know this Easter Sunday. He wants us to embrace this Easter Sunday. If you're taking some notes on the back of your newsletter, because of the death and the resurrection of Jesus, the first thing I believe that God wants us to know so that we don't give up, these three things will help us not to give up, is know this first, nobody's perfect. Amen, church? No, nobody's perfect. Let's just accept that. We've all failed at times. We've all messed up. We have all blown it. We have screwed up. You know, the Bible would call this sin. That's what the Bible says. And sin is anytime we disobey God. We don't follow what God has asked us to do. The Bible says in Romans 3.23, help me out, church, for everyone has sinned. Not some people, not most people, not a few. Everyone has sinned. We, there's nobody who's perfect. We all fall short of God's glorious standard, and it is our sin that separates us from a relationship with God. The Bible reminds us that nobody is perfect. Romans 6.23 says this, for the wages of sin is death. Everybody say wages. wages. 
You know, there is a payment to, to sin, and it is death. Death physically and death spiritually being separated from God for all eternity if we do not know Jesus as our Savior. There's a price tag on sin, and it's called death. And I know what some of you may be thinking, but Pastor Doug, don't you know that sin can be fun? Yes, I know that sin can be fun. Anybody that tells you that sin isn't fun isn't doing it right. Can we just agree? They're not doing it right. Sin is fun for a season, but when that season is over, there's a price tag and wages to be paid for sin, and the Bible says the price tag and payment of sin is death. It is death. This is exactly why, hear me, that we need a savior. Because we are all sinners. Nobody is perfect. Let me ask by a show of hands, and be careful, listen carefully to this question. By a show of hands, how many of you would consider yourself this Easter morning to be perfect? Would you raise your hand nice and high? Okay, any perfect people here? Any perfect? If anybody raises their hand and says they're perfect, just look at them and say, you're no longer perfect. You just lied to everyone at church this morning, right? Nobody's, a, nobody's perfect. We're all sinners who need a savior. Here at Orchard Church, we understand that this is not a social club for Christians here at Orchard Church. We are a hospital for sinners who need a Savior, and his name is Jesus. That's, that's our Savior. And I, I don't know how you came here today, what brought you here today, what you might be looking for today, but if you're looking for a perfect church filled with perfect people and a perfect pastor, I assure you, you've come to the wrong place. We're just sinners saved by grace that need a savior and his name is Jesus. There's, nobody's perfect. That's why God sent his son Jesus. Now, now that's the bad news. Here's the good news. God did something about it. Romans 5.8 tells us this. But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us, to pay our sin debt while we were still what, church? Sinners, when we were not perfect. God's not waiting for us to get our life all squared away and everything right before we come to him. No, nobody's perfect. And God showed his love by sending Jesus. You see, God did not shout his love from heaven. He showed his love on earth when he loved us enough to send his son Jesus to die for us. Why? Because nobody's perfect. Here's the second thing that I believe God wants us to know this Easter because of the death and the resurrection of Jesus. First of all, no one's perfect. Second thought is this, everyone's welcome at the cross of Jesus, amen? amen. Everyone is welcome, no one is excluded. I wanna share one of my favorite verses in the Bible and maybe some of your favorite verses. Um, you've heard of this verse, even if you don't regularly go to church, you've seen this put on a poster board at a football game. It's John 3.16. And John 3.16 reminds us that everyone is welcome in God's family. Everyone is welcome to the cross of Jesus. It says, for this is how God loved the world. Everybody say, God loved the world. God loved the world. He gave his one and only son so that what? Everyone, not just a few, everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. Everyone is welcome to the gospel. Everyone is welcome to the gift of salvation. Everyone is welcome at the cross of Jesus. And I, again, I don't know how you came here today. Maybe somebody invited you to come here. Maybe you just decided, hey, we haven't been to church in a while. It's Easter Sunday, so let's, let's come to church. However you came, we are so thrilled you're here, especially if you're a guest here at Orchard Church. But I know how this works. There was a time in my life, believe it or not, about six years, that I walked away from God. 
I didn't go to church at all, maybe just on holidays. And when I would go, I would feel like, you know, I'm going because somebody invited me or it's the right thing to do, but I know what I've done in my life. I know some of the mistakes I've made. I was carrying guilt. I was carrying shame. I wasn't walking with God, and, and I felt like I didn't belong in church. I felt like, man, if I go into church, you know, the roof might cave in. And maybe some of you came in here this morning that way and you don't really feel like you belong here. Can I tell you on the authority of God's word and this church family at Orchard Church, every single one of you absolutely belongs right here. Everyone is welcome. Everyone is welcome. And sometimes something happens here at Orchard Church that reminds us of this truth that everyone is welcome, that we meet people right where they are on their spiritual journey because nobody's perfect. About a year ago, there was a, a man and his wife and some of their friends that started attending Orchard Church. I don't think they'd been attending church anywhere. I don't know if they had any church background at all. They were attending for several weeks. And then after one of the Sunday services, I was outside in the courtyard when we were meeting at the high school. And he came out the door and I saw him lock eyes with me. And he was a big guy. And I'm not a big guy. And he, I could tell he had something on his mind that he wanted to say. He comes beelining up to me. He grabs my hand and squeezes it really hard. And he looks right in my eyes and he says, Pastor Doug, we've been coming here a few weeks. And I just want you to know, I effing love this church. <laughs> Except he didn't say effing. He said the real deal. His wife gasped. And she hits him and goes, honey. And then they both look at me for a response. And I go, well, praise Jesus. <laughs> I effing love this church too. I didn't say that. No, I did not say that part. I didn't. <laughs> And it just reminded me that everyone is welcome. He, that guy is still coming. He's serving here at Orchard Church. God has changed his life. He was in our service uh, last night. And, and let, let me just say this as a disclaimer. I know we got some kids in here. Listen, kids, it's not okay to say that word. All right, parents? Let me take it a step further. It's not okay for mom and dad to say that word either. But listen, we want you to know that everyone is welcome at the cross. Everyone is welcome here at Orchard Church. We say it this way sometimes. You can belong here before you believe here. Amen, church? We'll meet you where you are in your spiritual journey. You know, we love to quote John 3, 16, and it's one of my favorite verses, but we sometimes don't go to the next verse, John 3, 17, which is just as good and just as powerful. And listen to what it says in John 3, 17. God sent his son into the world not to judge the world. There's enough of that going on, but to save the world through him. Amen? Well, we're not here to judge people. We're here to lead people to Jesus. Our mission is to help people find and follow Jesus. And that is some powerful news this Easter weekend. God wants you to know that nobody is perfect. Everyone is welcome. And because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, here's the last thought, anything's possible. Do you believe that, church? Because Jesus is alive, anything is possible. If God can raise Jesus from the dead, he can do anything, anywhere, anytime, and he can do anything in our life. The apostle Paul wrote a letter to a church in Ephesus, and he said it this way. Man, don't miss the power in this verse, what he's saying. He said, I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe in him. What is this power? How powerful is it? This is the same mighty power, help me out, church, that raised Christ from the dead. That's some serious power as believers we can tap into, amen? That we can tap into the same resurrection power, that our God can turn anything around, that 
with our God, anything is possible. He can take someone out of darkness into light. He can take someone who's lost and they can be found. He can turn us from death to life. Because of Jesus' death, we can have life. We can have eternal life. We can have an abundant life. You see, Jesus did not come to this earth to make bad people good. He came to make dead people alive. That is the message and the story. Hey, we're going to celebrate. Let's do it up. All right? Come on. And, and I can hear what some of you are thinking. But Pastor Doug, well, that sounds all cool and all that. You know, have all these nice words. But you don't know my situation. And I would ask you, but do you know my God? Do you know my God where anything is possible? You don't know my marriage. With our God, anything is possible. You don't know my family situation, what's going on with my kids. Anything is possible. You don't know what's going on with my finances, my job, our house. Anything is possible. You don't know the addiction that I've been dealing with all of my life, that I, I can never break this. No, you can't, but God can, because with our God, anything is possible. Anything is possible. Right now, I want to introduce you to a story of a family in our church that went through some devastating things in 2017. And I'm sure there were times they were ready to quit and throw in the towel, but they found out that with our God, anything is possible. So 2017 was a pretty rocky year for us. I had lost both my grandfathers um, within a matter of months and shortly after there, lost my grandmother. Our marriage was crumbling. Um, we were struggling financially. We were having issues with our 15-year-old and custody of him. I felt like it was just a dark cloud surrounding us. Um, he was hurting so badly from not having that relationship with his son and being apart. It, it just created this wall between us where there was no communication. There was. It was just non-existent. Um, I think the deaths in the family, it just felt like one hit after another and we couldn't keep going. We've always had faith, but I definitely think it was, our relationship was, with Jesus was very distant. Um, we weren't active in any church. Um, both of our upbringings was very different. He was in Catholic. Yes, Catholic. And we had kind of church hopped, but never found a home, never any place where we felt comfortable. My friend Mark introduced me to Orchard. He invited me to Orchard one night, and I was just breaking down, telling him what was going on in my life, and he invited me to go and on a Sunday, and we went and just felt like home. I never got to see anybody wear hats and just like casual clothes to a church before. That's, come as you are. Come as you are, and that's what made me feel comfortable. Like I could go to the house of the Lord and wear a hat. I mean, and not get judged. So that was a good feeling. I know for me, stepping into Orchard, it was all the smiling faces. Everybody was saying hi, and it was super welcoming and um, just a comfortable place to be. Doug talk about the prayer and to raise our hands and it, there was no question. I immediately raised my hand. I just so desperately wanted that relationship with Jesus back. Um, I wanted him in our lives, in our marriage, in our children. 
and really desperation to start talking to me again. I felt that warm feeling that I needed to follow him again to get my life back on track because if not, I was going down a rocky road again. So that's when I knew I needed to follow Jesus again and have him in my life and have him in my family's life. I think that the last five months, he's made a, God's made a huge turnaround for me. Um, I can see the way he's working in us, just us alone in our marriage and how happy we are and seeing the blessings and everything that we didn't see before because we were so blocked by all the chaos that was going on. Um, I think just more appreciation for how blessed we truly are. We give the Lord some praise for that incredible life change story. That's just one of many stories here at Orchard Church where people have gone from death to life, darkness to light. It's a story that reminds us that nobody's perfect, everyone's welcome, and anything is possible. Heavenly Father, we just give you praise this morning that we serve a risen Savior and that because you conquered death, hell, and the grave, we can have life, we can have it more abundantly. And we can put our faith and trust in you. And that with you, anything is possible, no matter what we're facing. So we continue an attitude of prayer with heads bowed and eyes closed. How many of you are here this resurrection morning and you would say, you know, there's something in my life that I need to trust God for. I'm facing what seems like some impossible circumstances and situations in my life. But I do believe that with our God, anything is possible. If that's you, could I pray for you uh, this Easter morning? Would you slip up your hands all across this auditorium? I'm facing a difficulty, a challenge in my life. And I want to believe that with God, anything is possible. God bless you. God bless your hands everywhere. Let me pray for you. Father, I just lift up all those this morning that are going through trials and tribulations and challenges and difficulties. They may feel disappointed, devastated, discouraged, and they may feel like quitting and giving in, but I pray that they would not give up and that they would remember that oftentimes on the other side of not giving up are the greatest blessings and that with our God, anything is possible. As we continue in an attitude of prayer right now with heads bowed and eyes closed, I believe with all my heart that God has brought some of you to this place for this moment, sitting in the seat you're sitting in, to hear this truth, that God loves you. He loved you so much, he sent his son 2,000 years ago, Jesus Christ, to die to pay for your sins so that you could have life and you could have it more abundantly that you could have a home in heaven and your sins forgiven. I believe without a doubt for some of you, your whole life has been preparing you for this moment to give you an opportunity to say yes to Jesus. Yes, be my Lord and Savior. Yes, forgive me of my sins. Because nobody's perfect, but everyone is welcome. And with God, anything is possible. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5, 21, listen to this. For God made Christ who never sinned to be the offering for our sin in our place so that we could be made right with God through Christ. And I believe that some of you, this is your moment. This is your chance. This is your opportunity to say yes to Jesus. I'm not gonna ask you to stand up, speak up, come up or anything like that right now. I'm just gonna ask you to be willing to do what the Bible says. The Bible says whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved, will be forgiven, have the gift of eternal life. One of the ways we call on the Lord is through prayer. And I'm going to pray a prayer out loud that I've prayed hundreds of times with thousands of people here at Orchard Church. 
And I'm gonna invite some of you to pray this prayer from your heart to God's right now. Prayer is a way to express what's in our heart to God. Let me tell you, it's not this prayer that saves you. It's not magic words that we say that gets God's attention, but it's the attitude of our heart, the belief and faith in Jesus that changes everything. And if you're ready to pray that prayer from your heart to God's to invite Jesus into your life, no matter what you've done, Jesus came for everyone. Would you pray this prayer with me right where you sit? I invite you to pray this prayer. It goes like this. Jesus, I want you in my life. I need you in my life. Jesus, I'm saying yes to you today. Yes, be my Lord. Yes, be my Savior. Yes, forgive me of all my sins. I want to know and follow you. Thank you, Jesus, for loving me and for your amazing sacrifice. Thank you. Thank you. We continue an attitude of prayer with heads bowed, eyes closed, and we'll be looking around for just a moment. I don't want to embarrass anybody, but I would love the privilege if you just prayed that prayer to pray for you, to pray that you would grow in your walk and relationship with Jesus. I'm going to count to three, and when I get to three, if you prayed that prayer, would you slip up your hand nice and high so I can see it because I want to pray for you. One, two, three. Lift up your hands nice and high all across this auditorium. Leave them up for just a moment. God bless you. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven people over there. God bless you. God bless you guys down here. One, two, three, four, five. One, two, three, four, five over here. God bless you. God bless you here in the back. God bless you back there. One, two, three. God bless you. Uh, Whole row, whole family over here on my left. God bless you guys. Amen. Amen. That's what it's all about here, helping people find and follow Jesus. Let me pray for you. Father, I lift up all those that have said yes to you this Easter weekend. We welcome them into the family of God as our brothers and sisters in Christ. And we praise you and we worship you because Jesus is alive. Our God is not dead. He is alive. And we thank you for your incredible sacrifice. And we thank you that with our God, anything is possible. We pray all this in Jesus' name and God's people said. Amen, amen. Can we celebrate big time those saying yes to Jesus this Easter weekend? Listen to me very, very carefully. This is one of the most important parts of our, of our uh, service today. We, we have done something special this Easter uh, that we don't normally do. For those of you that have said yes to Jesus, we want to give you an opportunity to mark this incredible moment so that you never forget the Easter 2018 that you said yes to Jesus. We want to do two things. First of all, we want to give you a little bracelet, and it says, I said yes to Jesus at Orchard Church 2018. We want you to wear that as a reminder of your life-changing decision today. The other thing we're going to invite you to do when you pick up that bracelet, we're going to invite you to come to one of these crosses on my right or my left. There are 175 light bulbs in each of these crosses. And we're going to ask you, if you said yes, to come get your bracelet and just turn to the right and turn on one of those light bulbs because what just happened is you went from darkness to light. And we've already, yes, amen. The light bulbs that are lit up are the 108 people that have already said yes to Jesus and come forward in our first four services. So we invite you to join them and be a part of this. So we're going to stand and we're going to celebrate in a song of worship. Let's stand together. And as we worship in song, if you said yes to Jesus, don't hesitate. Don't wait. Step out. Come to the cross. Get your bracelet. Turn on that light. And Orchard, let's celebrate and worship big time that Jesus is alive and he's still changing lives today. God bless you guys.